It's an ancient legend of um, two saints, a pair of saints from the 4th or 5th century, St. Nonus and St. Pelagia, a man and a woman. St. Nonus was a uh, monk who became a bishop in Antioch, which is in Asia Minor, and St. Pelagia, who uh, started out, well, she became famous in the area for, they would call her like an actress or a um, kind of like a modern starlet, you know, like a famous woman who... Part of the reason she's famous is because she's very beautiful and charming. And um, so everybody knew who she was. And she came into town one day uh, during a council of bishops. So the bishops of all, of all the area were in Antioch with Nanus and all the other bishops. And she came into town with her entourage. And this is fourth or fifth century. So it's not like paparazzi and stuff like that. But whatever that looked like when someone famous came into town. And she was dressed very scandalously. Uh, not wearing a lot of clothes and, you know, showing off her lots of jewelry and makeup. And she had her slaves and, and entourage around her. And the bishops all covered their eyes, you know, to be chaste. Whereas Nanus looked right at her. And uh, he made fun of the other bishops. And he said, her beauty, does it not delight you? It delights me, looking at this beautiful woman. Uh, if only you guys took care of your souls as well as she took care of her body. That's what he says to, to them. Um, anyways, she notices how Nanus looks at her, and um, something about that is unique, and she hasn't experienced that before, especially like a bishop looking at her like that. And it wasn't in this creepy way where he was like lo- luring at her, you know, or um, leering at her rather, but rather like looking at her and actually delighting in the goodness of her and her beauty. So she goes to Mass on Sunday that week, and uh, here's his sermon, which is on uh, hell and heaven and repentance and salvation, Um, and she decides she wants to become a Christian. She wants to be baptized, and she begs him, and he's like, well, are you really going to change your life? And she says, yes, if you don't baptize me, if you don't accept me into the church, then every sin that I uh, commit from now on, because I don't have God's grace, is your fault. And so he's like, okay, fine. he, he baptizes her, and she becomes a hermit. She, she becomes basically a nun who's cloistered by herself and spends her whole life in, in prayer. But the point is that um, what Jesus says today in the gospel, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What he's saying, it, it sounds very harsh and weird and almost cult-like, like we're all going to pluck our eyes out and cut our hands off, and that's because God told us to. Um, no, what he's saying is your eye doesn't have to cause you to sin. That's what Nanus shows you is that um, it's not her beauty. It's not the fact that he sees it. It's not even the fact that he's attracted to her beauty that causes the sin. The sin is lust. You know? That's why the other bishops had to cover their eyes or those who didn't cover their eyes just feasted on her beauty because in their minds, they're playing with the fantasy of like, possessing or grasping or using that person and the things they see valuable about them for their own selfish pleasure. Not just delighting in the beauty, the eye beholding um, beauty is not sinful. Um, it's that inner intention, that inner impurity that needs to be rooted out or cleansed. Um, I was talking to, to some friends recently about the light phone. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's like a new product um, that is a smartphone. It has data. It's not like a dumb phone, like a flip phone, but uh, it has all the capabilities of the smartphone, but it just doesn't have any of the bad things like doom scrolling, social media apps, and um, yeah, like the, the things that all these notifications and, and things that distract us that people are always complaining about their phones, they're, they're addicted to their phones, they can't stop looking at them, how many times a day you pick them up, or like the, the backlit 
it's it's like the Kindle where it's uh, got that paperweight technology rather than that backlit. So it just like when people are staring at their phones at night in bed, they can't stop scrolling and then they can't fall asleep at night. It's supposed to cure a bunch of that stuff. And um, by basically saying you can't do the things that you know you don't want to do, but you do because you can't control yourself. Um, and I was talking to my friends about it, like, well, maybe we should get that. Yeah, like, I can't stop looking at my email at night. I can't stop reading the news or looking at Facebook or whatever. Uh, and my friend goes, you know, I looked into it, and I can turn my iPhone into a light phone if I want to. Like, I can t- put all the restrictions on that. It won't let me go on certain, certain social media apps after certain hours or what, you know. Like, I can, the problem is not my phone. The problem is me. <laughs> That's always the case. It's, it's like, I am the one making these choices. I'm the one with these inner intentions that cause the, the circumstances, the physical things, the people in my life to become occasions of sin. And what Christ wants more than anything is for us to be free. And he's saying, basically, what, what this is not saying is like, actually cut off your hands or pluck out your eyes. What he's saying is it's hyperbole. It's, it's rhetoric to say there is nothing worth hanging on to if it makes you a slave, especially a slave for all eternity. Christ, he says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us to enter into the kingdom of God, even if that means with one hand instead of two or one eye instead of two eyes. It's better that your whole self is free than that some part of you, some thing that you're attached to drags you down into hell, into slavery. And so it's not God that is being harsh. It's not God that's putting these difficult conditions on us. In fact, the first part of the gospel is uh, the apostles saying, hey, that guy is driving out demons, but he's not one of us. Uh, should we stop him? And Jesus is like, if he's not against us, he's for us. If he's doing good, then, then why would I stop him? In other words, it's we who put up the barriers, these, these, these unnecessary obstacles to God's grace. There's an old joke, uh, you know the story in the Acts of the Apostles, when um, St. Philip is pulled up by the Holy Spirit and sent to this Ethiopian eunuch who's in a, um, like a wagon train, a caravan, reading the uh, book of Isaiah, and he's reading about the suffering servant, which is a prophecy of Jesus. And Philip, the Holy Spirit, drives Philip to him. And as he's, as he's reading, he's like, what is this about? And he preaches the entire gospel that that's Jesus. He suffered for our sins, died for us, and rose so we could have new life. Um, and, the, and the eunuch says, look, there's water over there. He's by a river. What's to keep me from being baptized? Like, he believes in the gospel. And, uh, of course, Philip says, nothing, let's go. And he baptizes him. But the joke is, uh, if it would happen today, Philip would have said, um, RCIA starts in September. Um, meaning like we have all these rules and obstacles and stuff like that, that, uh, are not really necessary. You know, um, God's grace, what, what Jesus is saying is I want to give you grace. I want, the Holy Spirit doesn't put these, these random weird conditions on whether or not he will give you the freedom that you're looking for. But we do this to ourselves, don't we? Um, we were talking to somebody who wanted so badly to get in shape. And I, was t- I would tell her, you know, you can sign up for the gym and, and go. And she's like, oh, I'm a mom. I have kids. I, I can't. I, I got to get my kids to school. And I, it's like, if you want to make time for this, you will. You know, people, people who say that they don't have time to, to exercise or take care of their bodies. My, my friend Pete used to say, you don't have time not to. People who exercise and take good care of themselves live like 10 years longer. <laughs> so you have 10 more years if you do that, right? Um, so we, we don't see the, the grand perspective. We, we pretend that we're not free. We think that we're constrained, but we're actually not. And the same thing goes for prayer, our spiritual lives. You don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to uh, pay attention to, to God and his will for your life because you can waste all this time. 
just living in this slavery, living in this uh, weighed down state um, where your hand, your eye, your feet are causing you to sin. They're making you slaves when Jesus is saying, no, I can make you free right now. And that's the, the truly Catholic way of, of seeing the human person is that we are weighed down by sin. Sin is inevitable. We will all sin. That's why we say they are, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Take for granted, every day you're going to commit some sin. Nobody's perfect. But sin is not irresistible. It's inevitable, but not irresistible. In other words, our, our freedom is not ever completely erased by our circumstances, by our habits, our past sins, by our wounds. In any given moment, God's grace is present to make us free. To make a free choice. We can be like Nanus. You know, it's not magic where if you have the habit of lust, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be able to see purely the beauty of another person and not tend to possess them or tend to use them. If you tend towards gluttony, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be able to control yourself when you're around the things that delight you, the things that you tend to eat or drink to excess. Um, grace works slowly over time through through receiving it through things like prayer, things like the Mass, the Eucharist, um, practicing virtue, penance. But we are never completely determined by our circumstances. We are never determined by our habits, our past sins, or our wounds. That Jesus is present always to the baptized. Our Holy, the Holy Spirit is in us for freedom if we would just ask for that help to be free.